Hello, church family. Uh, good morning to you and welcome back. Um, if I'm counting correctly, I think this is now the seventh week that we've had to do these videos for Sunday morning. And it looks like um, we're going to have to do this for a few more weeks at least. But I am ever so hopeful that we are kind of on the back nine here and that we're um, pretty soon heading back into the clubhouse. So uh, in the meantime, we'll continue to carry on. And I just want to say thank you to you for your faithful engagement in all of these different ways that we're trying to stay connected. All of the various venues that uh, we're um, trying to reach out and you are um, connecting with us. And I'm just so grateful for your faithfulness uh, in our trying to preserve as best we can a sense of, of unity and connectedness during these times. Thank you for plugging in here uh, week by week. And may I just say thank you also for your um, faithfulness in your giving over these past weeks. I'm just amazed. I know I shouldn't be. Uh, I know you, but I'm amazed and just ever so grateful at your faithfulness in your giving over these weeks. And so thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness to the larger church body and the, the church family. All right, would you now uh, take your Bibles this morning and turn in them with me to John uh, chapter 10, the Gospel of John chapter 10. I know that we are all uh, feeling to some degree or in some way the effect of what's going on in our nation and in our world. It's affecting us all in different ways. I, I mentioned this in the letter that we sent out earlier this week, which, by the way, I have had more response to that letter than I've had to any other letter I've written over these past weeks. So uh, please forgive me for not responding to you personally, which I normally do. Um, but thank you for uh, receiving that. Thank you for engaging in that. Thank you for taking that very seriously. If you haven't read that letter yet, I'd encourage you to do that. It's available on the website. But anyway, um, I recognize that that we're all feeling this in some way. When you take away the supports, the things that help us, um, like gathering together, when you take those things away, that's going to make us all vulnerable in various ways and to various kinds of things. And so what we need is truth. We need to be reminded of the truth, and that's the reason why we turn to God's word. And what we find here in John chapter 10 is absolutely amazing truth. It's like recentering truth. It's, it's mind and heart and soul stabilizing truth that we would need. I mean, even if everything was just as normal as the day is long, um, we certainly need it during these days. Jesus speaks these incredible words, words that are life to us, and we we need them. Um, you know, everybody, I think every major world religion, just about every world religion, will recognize, formally recognize Jesus as, as a great teacher. But what actually distinguishes Jesus, in terms of his teaching anyway, what distinguishes him is not just that he speaks truths, he speaks the truth. The truth that gives life. So that we say, with Peter, if we're Christians, we know you have the words of life. So let's look together at John chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 1 
uh, through 21. You follow along in your Bibles. This is God's word. Let's read it together. John chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. And then John says, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon. He is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Which is a reference to something that happened in chapter 9, which you should definitely read. But for this morning, we want to concentrate right here on these amazing words in John chapter 10. But before we do that, let's just ask for God's help as we look at his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again. You are so good to us. And one of the ways you've been good is by speaking your word giving us this book, which is life. And so, Lord, as I, as I preach and as we listen together, I, I pray that you would speak to us, um, shape us, form us. We need your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, human beings are wanderers by nature. As individuals and as a race, we are we're wanderers. And, and when I say that, I don't just mean um, physically, you know, like I'm not talking about a stroll out in the countryside. I'm talking about spiritually. We are spiritually wanderers. We're out looking for a path. We're out looking for some direction. We are looking for something that will give direction and sense to how we live 
our lives. And here stands Jesus and he is saying, look no further. I'm it. I'm the direction you're looking for in life. Jesus says, come to me. Um, He says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I can lead you into life. Just like a shepherd leads the sheep to where they need to go, so Jesus says, I'll lead you. Uh, I will lead you to make sense of your life. I'll lead you to actually be able to live your life the way that it was meant to be lived and to live your life for what it was meant to be lived. I mean, you hear these words of Jesus, and that is quite the claim, isn't it? And it's it's a little bit confusing in one sense, because there in verse 2, you have this, this picture. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And it's a little confusing exactly where Jesus places himself in that picture. I mean, two times here, Jesus says, I am the door. Verse 7, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You know, that picture that I gave you back up in verse 2 of the shepherd and the door and the sheep. Well, I'm the door. And he says the very same thing again in verse 9. I am the door. But then in very close proximity, again, two times, Jesus says, I'm the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. And again, in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. And you read that and you want to say, well, which is it, Jesus? Which are you? Are you the door or are you the shepherd in that picture that you gave to us? Um, Last week, as I took some days off, one of the things that I did on my time away was to, I pulled a book off of uh, the stack by my bed. It was a, it's a biography of Abraham Lincoln. And uh, it's been sitting there waiting for me to read for some time. It's called um, Honor's Voice. It's a, it's a study of the adult years, uh, the early adult years of Abraham Lincoln. This book actually won the Lincoln Prize in 1999, which is a big deal. Um, But one of the things that the author says in this book is that it's very hard to get the information about these particular years of Lincoln's life from like uh, 1831 to 1842 when he was roughly kind of 22-ish to 33-ish. There's just not a lot of information in those years when he was in Indiana and in Illinois. There's all sorts of information from his presidential years, but nobody knew back then he was going to be famous. And so there's just not a lot of information. And so the author makes this point early in the book. He says the truth, particularly the whole truth, is elusive. It's hard to come by. Listen, if we're going to get the whole truth about Jesus, we're going to have to come to terms with everything that Jesus says about himself. We're going to need to come to terms with it when he says, like back in chapter 6, I am the bread of life. We're going to need to come to terms with when he says, back in chapter 7, I am the living water. We're going to need to come to terms with what he means back in chapter 8 when he says, I am the light of the world. Every one of those statements speaks a truth about Jesus, which helps us to get the whole truth. And here are Here are two more facets. I am the door and I am 
the good shepherd. And both of those things really matter for us. I mean, whether we're stuck kind of at home or whether we're out and about living our ordinary lives. Listen, here's the main thing that Jesus is saying here in John chapter 10. I have both the authority and the desire to lead you. And my leadership is really good. You won't find any better no matter where you look. That's what Jesus is saying here. I have the authority and I have the desire, the heart to lead you. And my leadership is really good. So let me just point out this morning three, what I find to be very precious truths about Jesus shepherding. I think you'll, I think you'll want to know these. In fact, I think you'll want to own these. Uh, let me just name them and then we'll look at them one by one. First, Jesus will lead us onto the way. Second, Jesus will lead us along the way. And third, Jesus will lead us all the way, all the way home. So first, Jesus will lead us, Jesus will lead you onto, into the way. Now, what do I mean by the way? Well, what I'm talking about, what Jesus is talking about is the path of life as opposed to the way of death. And he's got a few different ways of, of speaking about that here in this chapter. Look at, with me at verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. That's the first way Jesus speaks about this. You'll be saved. You'll be rescued from a course of certain death. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. So you'll be rescued. You'll be saved. But the truth is, none of us, none of us wants to just be saved. We were made for so much more than, than just safety. So Jesus speaks in another way. He, he starts to get at this at the end of verse 9 when he says he'll be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. But then he just comes right out and says it in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Um, Jesus is speaking there about about joy. Jesus is speaking there about fullness. He's speaking about having our eyes open to beauty and to truth. We love this verse, right? He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. So what does it mean to be on the path of life? It means to be saved. It means to have life. But then there is one more way Jesus speaks about this path of life that he leads us onto. And this one I find particularly meaningful. He speaks about us knowing him, actually knowing him. Look, look with me at verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father. There's, there's going to be on this path, this close relationship that we have with Jesus that mirrors the close relationship that he has with the father, the relationship between the father and the son, this, this relationship of knowing and being known. Jesus says, that's what I'm bringing you into. 
You're going to know me and I'm going to know you. In fact, look down at verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. And Jesus now speaks about this new reality of us being in a relationship with him, of being known by him and knowing him. So Jesus leads us. He brings us into, onto the path of life. But we should probably ask the question, um, how does he do that? Well, he does it in a, uh, a most unexpected, a most unusual and dramatic and ultimately effective way. He dies for us in our place. He lays down his life for the sheep. Maybe you notice this. I mean, four times Jesus says it. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 15, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life. I mean, you'd almost think that Jesus was trying to make a point here. He says it again in verse 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. In other words, he's going to save our lives. He's going to give us life by laying his life down. I mean, clearly Jesus is pointing ahead to his death on a cross and did you notice verse 16? I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Jesus is speaking this fold. He's speaking about Israel, this, this group of people that he's immediately talking to. I have sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. What's this all about? Jesus is saying there is people all over the world um, that he intends to save and to bring onto this path of life. Now, how is Jesus going to do this for them? How is he going to lead them into this path of life? In exactly the same way. By laying down his life and then by sending the news, the announcement, the good news, the gospel, sending that out so that it's proclaimed so that people can hear throughout the world. So Jesus gets people on the path. That's what this image of the door means. I am the door, you enter by me. And I want you to see this, this is very important. There really is no conflict between these two images of Jesus as the door and Jesus as the shepherd, because even as the door, Jesus is shepherding. Jesus is leading. He's saying, come to me. I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except by me. You know, I, I just find it interesting that Jesus takes his time with this point. This is where he spends most of his time here, uh, from basically from verse 9 all the way down to verse 18. And I'm just trying to reflect that in my teaching here this morning because of its importance. Friends, this is the 
main message of Christianity. Christ came to bring us to God. Christ came to bring us into life. I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus will lead you. He has the authority and the desire to lead us into, onto the path of life. But Jesus' shepherding certainly doesn't stop there. He doesn't just lead us onto the way. He also, secondly, leads us along the way. Look back at verse 3. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. That's why he calls himself a shepherd, a good shepherd, because he leads us along the way. Now, the the truth of the matter is, there's others who are going to try to do that. We're going to try to tell us how to live our lives. We're going to try to tell us which way to go. It's interesting how Jesus emphasizes this in this passage. Verse 1, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man's a thief. He's a robber. Look at verse verse 5. A stranger they will not follow. And look at verse 8. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. Again, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. In verse 12, he talks about a hired hand who's not the shepherd. I mean, there's all sorts of possibilities of other voices, all sorts of other possible, what we might call false shepherds who do not care for the life of the sheep, false teaching. Uh, false ideology, sometimes just rank hedonism, telling us just live for yourself. You just be you. Um, Listen, anything other than Jesus is deadly. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. But Jesus, um, he's a good shepherd. And he leads us in the way which nurtures and nourishes and gives life. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture, that which is nourishing and life-sustaining. You know, in using this uh, image of, of a shepherd, Jesus is actually picking up on a great theme that is found throughout, really, the Old Testament, Uh, He's not just making this up on the spot. Just just listen to how the Old Testament speaks about how God is toward his people. This is is from Isaiah uh, chapter 40, um, talking about God. This is what it says. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. I mean, what? What a picture of God, God caring for, God God even carrying at times his people. And then, of course, you know, we think about Psalm 23. Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. You're leading me. Your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. We, we love this image of Jesus as our shepherd. Artists love to paint pictures of Jesus as our shepherd, but we've got to ask the question, what does that really mean? That he's leading us along the way. I mean, this, this is Jesus leading you along God's way of truth and righteousness by telling you where to walk and how to walk. This is Jesus providing everything that you need for life and for godliness. So, for instance, uh, this thing that we were talking about earlier this past week in that letter, how to respond when there are differences of opinion among us. Well, Jesus has given us so much careful instruction that we can hear his voice. I think about a verse, uh, it's a verse that comes to my mind so often, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up so that they might experience God's grace through you. That is really helpful shepherding from the voice of our good shepherd. And Jesus' followers hear his voice in that, and they follow his instruction. What, what does David say in Psalm 119? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path so that I'll know where to walk and how to walk. What you say to me, Jesus, it leads me. And when I hear it and when I heed it, I know I'm going to be on a good path. Jesus has the authority and the desire to lead us along the way. But there is, there is a third and I just think very precious truth about Jesus shepherding that we hear here as well. Yes, he'll lead us onto the way. Yes, he'll lead us along the way. But third, Jesus will lead us all the way. All the way to home. Listen to this. This is, this is Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been born by me, speaking for God, obviously, who have been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. To your gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made you. I will bear you. I will carry you and I will save. You know, back in John chapter 10, in verse 9, uh, we saw this earlier. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, that reminds me of Psalm 121, verse 8. Um, remember this? The Lord will keep your going out and you are coming in from this time forth and forevermore. All your comings and your goings. And in Psalm 23, the part of that Psalm that I didn't recite before, um, 
Jesus says, you, you, surely you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And then these words, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? One reason, because the Lord is my shepherd and he'll lead me all the way home. Um, you, you may have heard before of a guy named Augustine, St. Augustine. He was one of the great thinkers, theologians, probably one of the finest minds and hearts of Christianity. He wrote a book called The Confessions. It's him kind of walking through his own personal history, speaking to God and, and really offering up to God his, the confession of, of his life. And at one point he says this to God. He says, you're here. You're freeing us from our unhappy wanderings, setting us firmly on your track, comforting us and saying, run the race, I'll carry you. I'll carry you clear to the end, and even at the end, I'll carry you. Uh, I find those to be beautiful words. That is a beautiful truth. It makes me think of Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As our good shepherd, Jesus has the authority and the desire to lead us all the way home. What a comfort that should be uh, to our seniors. And I'm not talking here about our seniors in high school or our seniors in college. I'm talking here about, about our seniors, uh, those in their 70s, those in their 80s, those who know they have already lived most of their lives. They know that before too long, they're going to die. Their life will come to an end. What a comfort this should be to them. In fact, what a comfort this should be to every one of us. Jesus saying to us, I got you. I'll carry you. You're going to be all right. I'll get you home. I remember um, as a 17-year-old going off to college, uh, going off to the big city down in Chicago, and I remember being dropped off my, by my parents and walking through this kind of outdoor archway with huge buildings on either side. And I'm by myself walking onto campus here. And at that point, just knowing that my parents were there, um, just knowing that they would do just about anything they could to support me, they, that they were helping me financially. They were encouraging me with their words through letters and through phone calls. And they were certainly supplying whatever help that I needed. Just knowing that, being conscious of that, made all the difference in my calmness and steadiness as I went about being a first-year student in college. It made all the difference in my ability to focus on what I knew I was supposed to be doing there. There was a place for my heart to rest. So it is with Jesus, only a thousand times greater. Um, even if you are not conscious of it, even if you are not operating with a, a current consciousness of Jesus there as your shepherd, he's still your shepherd. 
But he wants you to know. He wants you to to live with a consciousness of his shepherding, that he is a shepherd who is absolutely committed to caring for you and leading for you. That's, That's why he speaks here, that he has absolute authority and he is full of earnest desire. He says to us ever so clearly, I am your good shepherd. I will lead you onto the path of life. So come to me, entrust yourself to me. I will lead you along the way, day by day, every day. Just listen and obey and follow me, and I will lead you all the way. All the way home where you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, dear ones, put your trust entirely. Put your hope entirely in this Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending your Son. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming, that we might have life and have it abundantly, both here and for eternity. You are a wonderful shepherd. Lord, I pray that if there are any who have not yet entrusted themselves to you, haven't come to you as the door, I pray, Lord, that you would draw them, give them faith, and help them put their trust in you. And Lord, for those of us who have already come through the door, we've entrusted ourselves to you, I pray that we would entrust ourselves to you again, day by day, as our faithful good shepherd leading us into the good path and along the good way. And God, I pray that we would put our hope in you, um, knowing that you will carry us not just to the end, but all the way through into eternity, where we will live with you. We thank you for this, and we thank you for this word that tells us these truths. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Crossway, we'll see you again, Lord willing, next week. And until then, I pray that you would follow your good shepherd in every step along the way. Bless you. Bye-bye.